from last week we began to talk about the various kinds of prayer and we're in the, um, the prayer of supplication and petition. Uh, our main text is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the Amplified Version puts it this way, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, hallelujah, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of, uh, of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so um, fearing nothing from God and being content with his earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison, that's mount God, over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Protect your heart and your mind. Hallelujah. So prayer helps us to be at peace. Amen. It helps us not to be troubled. It helps us to avoid harbor pressure and stuff like that, anxiety, panic, and different kinds of things when we pray, when we're ready to pray. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to look at a few cases in the Bible. We looked at, last week we were looking at uh, Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel. Today we're going to look at a certain young man. His name was Jabez. Hallelujah. In the Bible, in the in First Chronicles uh, chapter 4. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. The Amplifier says that Jabez was more honorable above his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I, I bore him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. He made a request. Things were not going well for him. Um, he was actually, his name was born in sorrow. So there was nothing good going for him. His name wasn't going for him. Nothing was going for him. And then what did he do? Did he start complaining you know, start having problems with his mind. No. He went to where the solution was, to the Lord, in prayer. We've been talking about prayer. We're praying this time. Uh, this uh, uh, time of the year when we pray with fasting, uh, the 40 days, praise the Lord. So this, 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 young, this man had a situation around him where things were not going well, what did he do? He went to God. He said, be, do not fret, nor be anxious about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Amen? So we bring our definite request to the Lord. We don't keep things to ourselves and begin to eat up. It begins to eat us up. We look for somebody to blame. You know, Jabez could have blamed his mom. That was the kind of, of all the names in the world. Why did she give me that name? She probably didn't like me because she said I was, you know, and start complaining about what he had or didn't have. But what did he do? He turned to the Lord. Amen? We're going to look at another situation that we'll find in 1 Samuel chapter 1. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramatem Zophim of Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephratite. Thus he was from the tribe of Ephraim. And he had two wives. And he had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah. And the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Now, the Bible tells us that God says that all Israel should gather in the place that he would name once a year to worship him. Praise God. All right? So this man used to go yearly to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was come that Elkanah offered, he gave to, his, to Penina, his wife, and to her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. You see, he favored Hannah because he loved her more than he did Penina. Praise the Lord. And her adversary also provoked her to sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut her womb. Now I'm going to say something here about the Lord shutting somebody's womb or not. God was not really the one that shut her womb because under the Old Testament, I've made this statement repeatedly, under the Old Testament, Satan was present, but he was not revealed. The activity of the devil and his cohorts were there because the devil had been there even before man was created. The devil had fallen before man was created. So, though he was there, it was not revealed. Because to reveal the concept of Satan would create pandemonium. People would not know what to do with it. Because they had no power or authority to do anything to the adversary. Fear will come. And with fear, the enemy's power over man will increase. Praise the Lord Jesus. So God took responsibility for everything that was done that seemed mysterious. But it was not God. Hallelujah. Like in the scriptures, it is said that um, David numbered Israel. Second Samuel chapter 24 and in verse 1. 
And again, the anger of the Lord. Do you see it? He says, the Lord was kindled against Israel and he moved David against them to say, go and number Israel and Judah. Does he say the Lord was kindled, his anger was kindled against Israel? In your Bible, does he say so? All right. Can we go to 1 Chronicles 21? 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. The Bible says here that Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Do you see where this, when we say some, when we tell you that some of the things that ha- happened that were attributed to God was not actually, actually God. But the scripture had to bring out these two things to let us know that when the pastor says that, he's not just trying to speak well of God when we shouldn't be, or do you get what I'm saying? We're coming up with stuff. It is clear in the scriptures that it was the adversary. And as he did so year to year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So, um, hunger strike and crying does not solve problems. Crying all the time, you know, screaming, pulling your hair, drama, hunger strike. Because the Bible did not say she was fasting. It just said she did not eat. Hunger strike does not bring God on the scene to do anything. It doesn't do anything. God may see your tears and they will ask some angels to go collect some of your tears and keep it as a memorial, but that's it. It's not, te- it's not an action word, but I'm going to show you where tears work. Tears must be in a direction of maybe you're going to the Lord and telling the Lord to do something, crying out from your heart. Amen? Just crying because somebody said something wrong to you doesn't do anything. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? Why is thy heart grieved? Am, am not I better, than, uh, better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, even Eli the priest sat upon his seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. You see where the, the, the tears came into the place of supplication. So she prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow. She added a vow to her prayer. And she said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. What is the affliction? This woman was in a state of depression, as it were. But being depressed does not solve problems. It creates problems. What should you do? Pray. Pray and pray. Hallelujah. You know, when we were done praying this evening, we began to talk about some things. Hallelujah. When you have a need, you have a vision, 
You have things that seem impossible from where you are or difficult from where you are, that you cannot do it by your own ability. As it were, you can't find your way out of that place or find your way to the city. You, there's a place you want to go, but you can't find your way there. The God we serve is a God of miracles. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to be successful, be ready to pray. Hallelujah. Be ready to pray. And it's good because it's, it's an equal opportunity deal. Anybody can be great in the kingdom of God if they're ready to pray. Hallelujah. Now, prayer is not the only thing, but prayer is a major ingredient. You see somebody who prays. I've been praying the spirit. I'm not just saying just pray, oh God. Oh God. Before you say three prayers, complete we enter it. Because you're under pressure. You know what it is when it's like the roof is coming down and all the bills in the world are coming? So many things are happening. Especially in America, you know, if nothing happens, bills will keep coming. If you stand in one place too long, bills will come. And you have to pray. And wrestle yourself out of the hands of the adversary. You know, people have been told these days you don't have to do anything. It's all grace has been given to you and all of that. We know, but grace has to be processed. Okay, let me give you an example of grace under the Old Testament with Elkanah and his wife. All right, Hannah. Can we go to Exodus? How many of us know that before Samuel was born, before we came to the book of Samuel, the book of Exodus had already taken place. How many of us know that? Because Exodus was when the children of Israel left Egypt before they came into the promised land. As at the time we're reading in the prophet Samuel was born, Israel was already in the promised land. Is that clear? Is that good? That's true, right? Praise the Lord. So let's go to Exodus 23. Verse 25 says... And you shall serve the Lord your God, and you shall bless thy water, thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And they shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land. And the number of thy days I will fulfill. Do you know that this promise was there when in the book of Samuel, Hannah was barren? Is it not true? So she prayed. She went to God in prayer. Now, perhaps if she stood on the promise of God, it would have happened. But faith requires dunamis to perform. That's why the Bible says we pro prophesy according to the proportion of faith. When there are times when you say something, but there is not enough power to press it through. These things I'm saying are in the realm of uh, practicals. You know, if academics was all there was, professors would be the billionaires. How many of us know? But when you get to the field, there is an input that comes into it that gives you the edge that makes you make money. That is different that is 
what the, prof, the professor taught you, but a little bit more. Amen? Praise the Lord Jesus. So let's go back into this. And so she prayed, and she bowed unto the Lord, and said, if you look at the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor go upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued to pray before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said to her, how long would I be drunken? Put away thy booze, thy wine, from thee. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunken neither wine nor strong drink. But I put out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thy handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad. Why? The Bible says, One thing soever ye desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Her countenance was no more sad because she believed. The word that Eli spoke to her, you know, the Bible says, Believe his prophets, believe in the Lord your God, so shall he be what? Established. Right? Believe his prophets, so shall he what? Prosper. And so she went home, and they rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of, uh, to their house at Ramah, uh, at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass that when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bore his son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I asked him of the Lord. You know, let's receive what is being taught. Implement it. You see, it's in the implementation. It's not in you just hearing it. You pray about your marriage. You pray about the venue. You pray about the money that you're going to use to pay for your wedding. You pray about it. Faith is the currency of God's kingdom. The more of it you have, the more you can buy. And without a strong spirit, your faith will be weak. When you pray in the spirit, you receive capacity and you'll be emboldened to believe for some things. The Bible says, it says, but you beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I didn't say you should pray for faith. I said, when you pray in the spirit, the capacity to believe for more will be there. Because you're strengthened on the inside. Your human spirit is a son of God. So he's, he will live his life. So I'm having fellowship with God in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a high realm. In a realm, in the realm of the spirit. I'm, I'm having, it's like deity, that's divinity talking to divinity in the divine language. So you're not, you're not relating in this realm. 
The devil does not know what you're talking about. Demons don't know what you're talking about. Only you and God hear what you're talking about. And the things that God wants the angels to hear, they will hear. If he doesn't want them to hear anything, they won't hear. Hallelujah. So when you're talking, it's you and God. God is interpreting the thing to himself. Say, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. What do you think if we did it this way? Say, Father, I, right now, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the trouble that is coming is not the kind that we're going to, because anything right now to get out of here, then we discuss the rest of it when I get out of here. Say, okay, let's keep going. And then what about, and you're talking about it. You're praying, you're praying, you're praying. And there's something you're going to notice when you start praying in the Holy Ghost. Pressure will start lifting. The Bible says, it shall come to pass. That the burden shall be lifted and the yoke destroyed because of the anointing. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, something happens to you. You begin to, begin to enlarge on the inside so that the enemy on the outside cannot hold you down. His chain will be broken. You know, when you're in trouble or there is a situation that things have become tight, you're looking at yourself, there does not seem to be a way out. There's a place where you want to go. You've been here. You can't seem to pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost until the body leaps. Until the yoke is destroyed. When that yoke is destroyed, you will know that you know that you know you're out of there.